So we just watched Teal Swan. I see you had a grimace on your face regarding us starting a podcast immediately. <laughs> I want you to see our conversations as being very valuable and having at least one a day and being able to pull the phone out and just capture it. No, that's, that's good. You're helping me break through my resistance and helping me to integrate my fragmentation. <laughs> a little context to the viewing audience or listening audience. Uh, we just watched Teal Swan give, a, I, I think, a dynamic interpretation of fragmentation and the relationship with integration and seeing them as the foundational distinction between spiritual paths and pointing to all of the spiritual guru competitors and basically stating that their whole path is off. Well, that there's a frag, yeah, that, that they are fragment because the teachers themselves have fragmentation within them and within their philosophy, that they are actually um, creating a, a whole following of people with the same fragmentation in or because they're using their ego to convince those people of their beliefs. I don't think it's just quite their ego to convince them. They're identifying with a higher dimensional aspect of themselves, but denying any lower aspects in a sense. But if you're denying a lower aspect, that's the freaking ego. Is it? Yeah, you're saying I'm the high being. That's the ego that is denying your humanity. Which part of you is talking right now? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking from an integrated point of view. Ah. I totally get everything she's saying because a lot of the present-day spiritual pe teachers I don't align with. Like, not very many of them present a really holistic viewpoint. Um, they're very, like, I don't know. I'm just, I never hear, I rarely hear anyone that includes the full range of what it means to be a human spiritual being. Mm. And that's what she's talking about. Mm. She's talking about being the full range of the human, spiritual, all in one, not fragmented. I'm not walking around living my life as my higher self and saying that, oh, that's all illusion, so it doesn't matter, right? I got a question, though. Because the, there's different planes to the universe, and there's a soul plane. What do you mean by the universe? No, the universe is physical. Different okay. planes to what? Okay. So different planes to the level of awareness we can be aware in. <laughs> different planes of consciousness. Right. So there's the physical plane. There's the... Astral. Astral plane. Isn't there a etheric plane in between? Uh, well, there's, there's two kinds of etheric plane, but the etheric energy body between the physical and the astral. Yeah. Oh, there's a body between the two planes. Well, just for the etheric. Okay, so we got the physical, we got the, the astral, astral we got and then the, the causal. Then the causal. Okay, yeah, the etheric's up near the soul plane, isn't the soul, it? The etheric is near the soul plane. Yeah, oh, the okay. true etheric is near the soul plane. Yeah. Okay, so we got the physical, astral. Yes. Causal. Causal, yes. Because most people probably don't know about the causal. We got the next one, the mental. Mental plane. People could, could figure that one out. Well, then the etheric, then the soul plane. That's right. Yes. That's a lot of planes. Well, we have these. They represent. They're, you know, they're represented by different aspects of ourself. 
So are we aware right now in this moment of all of those planes? Soul is. Soul is. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you identify as soul? I am soul. Okay. Now, isn't that, diff isn't that the same what Teal is saying about identifying with a higher aspect of yourself? No. And then disregarding the physical plane? No. No, that's not the same. Uh, when you... What she is saying, if I walk around saying, I'm soul, I'm soul, I'm soul, this world is an illusion, the way that um, The Course in Miracles teaches, for example, um, or the way that some other teachers teach, it, for example, or it, it actually teaches you to deny your physical experience. And so that actually creates, actually creates a little bit more of fragmentation within yourself, a se like a, a separation of the lower self from the physical self. But that's not, that's not the right attitude for understanding that I am soul. I, when I say I'm soul, that's not my higher self. I'm not saying I'm my higher self. When I say I am soul, I'm saying that I am everything. I am, I'm saying that what do you, I am, what, do you, what do you mean everything? Like, I am, I am the physical, I am the sexual, I am the horny, I am the scared, I am the emotional, I am the full of the heart, I am the self-expressive, I am the, the mind that has all these abilities, uh, the mind. Every part, everything within you is soul. Soul, yes. And, but the soul is, um. It's not that aspect of us. You don't, it's, that's not what it means. You say, I have a soul. That's like when you say, I have a higher self. Mm. That's the fragmentation language. Mm. When you say, I am soul, and you start to um, understand what that means, you start to feel your um, physical connectedness to the earth. The physical connectedness to the earth through the bones of all of your ancestors, through the bones of all of the lives that you have lived on this planet. Every single life you've lived on this planet, you left behind bones. Those bones all exist in the earth. And some aspect of you is, is a little bit connected to that. But we are connected to the earth through our physical body. So when I say I'm soul, it's not, oh, I'm my higher self, la la la. No, it's it's saying uh, it's call. Actually, when I say I'm soul, I'm calling, I'm calling spirit back. Is what I'm doing. It's like it's like I'm retrieving myself from the fragmentation. I'm saying I am whole mm. when I say I am soul. A whole soul. A whole soul. As opposed to different aspects of our personality. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. But we still are... When you, you're not really taking ownership when you say, this is radical ownership of who you are. When you say, oh, a part of myself doesn't really like that. What do you mean a part of yourself doesn't really like that? You're not acknowledging that part of yourself as being who you are. It's like, oh, a part of me doesn't really like, you know, the fact that the grass isn't cut, mm. right? Oh, but another part of me really likes yeah, likes. I use that one a lot. And I was like, what do you mean a part of you likes it and a part of you doesn't like it? Who the frick are you then? Hmm. So, so does that mean like 
like that radical responsibility of I don't like it. Like yeah. because I yeah. I, I, I yeah saying who you are be fearlessly saying who you are even though it might be shit. So never identify cuz with a part cuz I know I have very many times said that you know my, some part of me doesn't like this some part of me and there's always a languaging of differentiation. So I'm fragmenting. You when are. I, when I say yeah, that. everyone does it. Everyone does it. It's it, not, it, there's nothing wrong because I'm not shaming you for it. Mm. Everyone does it. So we need to have the languaging of wholeness yeah. of a whole system. Yeah. Because like what I've been doing is I've been looking at how to make things into parts. Mm-hmm. Right with the inflow matrix, it's basically mm-hmm. a bunch of parts at different levels that that connect to one another. Mm-hmm. Now, essentially, you need a whole business system. Mm-hmm. Right, we're building a whole system of parts that has infotech, that has the offline stuff. What are you giving me that look for? Well, you're taking this conversation about parts of the self and describing parts of of a of a mental mind map format mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't know i just thought it was a funny correlation it's well, like at first i'm talking thinking about me and my body and my whole being and then all of a sudden you're talking about business something business okay. well it's, it's a part of me i guess <laughs> what there you go a part oh, no, of but, you. Th- but, but wait a sec this is a new paradigm toolkit podcast okay it is so, so that's the content. It's not my podcast about do you want this to be in your podcast well think think about it. i was gonna say like because she could be talking teal swan i mean could be talking about the fragmentation of your sexuality and your spirituality okay. and i'm like let's integrate that so this could be a podcast for, for you for both for both yeah. well i'm gonna interview her so okay would, gonna, would you put this in your podcast would I put this one on my... No, I'll put a link to this one on my podcast list. So you're not actually going to bring this in as a podcast? No, because you want to use it for your podcast. No, I, I, it could be used for both. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the new Paradigm Toolkit. How will this information... That's my question. How will this information impact um, the new Paradigm Toolkit? Well, let's say you look at the choice lenses. And you look at words as lenses that you're seeing through and having multiple perspectives on something. Okay. So let's just say you have a lens and you're looking at something from a point of view of a year and you have another lens and you're looking from a point of view of a minute. Okay. Now, those could be different aspects of ourselves. Like there's nine parts. Let's say there's a part that looks at your whole lifetime. There's a part that looks at a year. There's a part that looks at a lunar cycle. What do you mean a part? Like a role, like an actual part of a human being who is assigned a different cycle of time to view either the world themselves or something through. I'm totally lost. This is the time translator, right? Right there. I'm totally lost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Did you blank out? As soon as I started talking. I dissociated. No, no. I was trying to follow, seriously. (laughs) I was trying to follow. I'm like, why are you talking about it that way? Okay, go explain it again. Well, okay. We have different parts of ourselves. But she's saying we don't. 
You're right. But I bet I'm sure. Okay. So how do you explain well, well, how do you explain different points of view is what you're saying? Yes. Well, if you are a 360 degree being, you're going to have 360 possibilities of different points of view. Exactly. Plus, not only that, you'll have the degree, the portions of the degree into infinitesimal. What's yes. that word? Infinitesimal. <laughs> Infinite. <it. laughs> An infinite number of points of view between every degree. Yes. So when you are a 360 degree being, your point of view can be all of these. It doesn't mean that's an aspect of you at all. It means it's a, just a point of view from your central spot. So you have you wholeness are. in the middle, and then on the outside, you yes. have these little parts yes, or pieces right. that are seeing. Okay, so now we bring in the time translator, where you have nine cycles. <laughs> Time. Okay, nine so, different ways of looking at time, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, four hour time cycle maybe, eight hour time cycle, sleep cycle, rhythm and circadian rhythms, week by week, month by month, moon by moon, full moon by full moon, year by year, lifetime by lifetime. And okay, that is in the time translator. Okay, so have you ever seen a map with those yeah. nine cycles of time before? No, not until you showed it to me. Doesn't it make sense? And I actually watched you paint that. Yes, you did a year and a half ago. Yes, you did. Okay, so um, how does the time translator trans? Uh, how does it come to this? The point of view is this: is it is. If the time translate to me, time is part of the outer world. The true inner whole self is the center. And that's a timelessness. And that's timelessness. And that's where soul exists. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. So this isn't these are not fragments of yourself at all. These are just soul just clicking and taking a different viewpoint not just a viewpoint even it's actually going following a wave mm. of um of thought of energy of whatever of time does that make sense to you well, i was seeing those conduits and thinking okay it's a beam of energy but it looks it should be more of a wave of energy within the conduit well energy is always in waves All right and spirals isn't it well a spiral is simply a wave. Is it? It's another, yeah. A spiral is simply a wave looked at from a different point of view. Spiral is a wave. If you take a wave and you put it linearly, you turn it upside down and you look at it from the top, it's a freaking spiral. You're right. I was just thinking like if you're looking at water and you've got waves, and, and, but then you've got a whirlpool. A whirlpool <laughs> is different than a spiral. I mean, it's different than a wave. Like, you've got waves happening, but then all of a sudden a whirlpool comes and bzz, it changes levels, right? Okay, so what does all of this have to do with... So you're trying to do... A, you're trying to relate the time translator to this idea of of integration of fragmentation. Yes. Aha! <laughs> because we we take... The basic thing our mind does is it takes up, let's say... 
no time, no space, I mean time, and it breaks it up into chunks, mathematically. So we have 24 yeah. hours in a day. Yeah, and we, the logical mind has done that. Right, and that's the basis of our thinking. Mm-hmm. Our, our thinking all refers to this denotation of time that we all reference together to work together. Yeah, right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an agreed, it's agreed upon. Hmm. But it's also based, it's not only just agreed upon mentally, it's generally based on external conditions that we have no control over in a way. Basically, our sleep and wake cycles, um, the rotation of the earth, and the rotation of the moon, and the rotation of the sun. Mm-hmm. So, so there's external reference points for the cycles that we give mathematical parameters to that would be different if it was another type of solar system or another type Absolutely. Of... So... That brings us back to... So your time translator only works for planet Earth, then? I know. I know. I've been thinking about that. But uh, for now, that'll have to do, because that's the only planet we're on right now. And so how can you... What's the use of the time translator? Well, probably freaking nothing. I mean, most... (laughs) I've shown that to hundreds, if not thousands of people, and people just don't seem to grasp the value of having a multiple cyclical map that they can use to plan, design, and do things with. Well, you know why? It's because people don't think, they don't, I don't know, they don't think in terms of the bigger picture that much. They think more in terms of, what do I have to do this, like, we are trained to live by our calendar and our clock. Mm. Those are the two things that we live by, Mm -hmm. our calendar and our clock. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, we're not trained to live by the moon or, or to live by the Mayan calendar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, so it could be a challenge to change uh, people's viewpoints. It is. Like, I mean, essentially with building new paradigm, we're stating that you need a different time structure. And I'm stating that it's the time translator. And so I'm putting forth that this time translator at some point is going to be the new clock for our species. Probably after I die. Well, but but it's too much for the human brain to look at that. Like when I look at a clock and it represents minutes in time in an hour, minutes of time in an hour, I understand that. I, I can relate that to... Okay, so it's going to take about 10 minutes to shower. It'll take me about 15 minutes to eat. It'll take me like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes to get to work. My brain understands how to use time in structuring and, and planning my day. Mm. So it, it's actually vital. So how, so I think your time translator can... I think the value of the times translator is helping people to look at the cycles that they are living and um, to like when we plan our day, figuring minutes and time, etc. That's one cycle. But each day I've got to include something that's part of my larger goal. Mm. That's part of my that's part of my one month goal or my five or six month goal or my 10 year goal. So if you say, oh, a 10 year goal. Um, I've got to spend one day a month focused on my 10-year goal. But if it's my daily goal and I've got to do it, to, I've got to get it done today, well, i got to put some minutes in there and do it immediately. So you have to, 
the time translator has to somehow separate out what do I need to do immediately, what do I need to do um, this day or by tomorrow or in the next week or within the next two weeks or next month. And if we coincide all of those cycles in our schedule, then it could be of greater value. Mm -hmm. But I think something that we don't do, which I think would be very beneficial to a lot of people, is um, is the moon cycles because mm -hmm. we are affected by the moon and also our astrological cycles. Mm. And that's, you know, people don't understand their own astrological cycles. And mm -hmm. I think that could be a really great benefit if everyone understood their astrological Astro, their astrology. <laughs> astrological cycles. Yes, um, as they relate to what's happening with the planets from day to day and week to week and month to month. But that's a whole. People need to be educated on that. That's a whole thing of education. So, I'm just curious. What's the practicality of this? Like, how do you use a time translator? Do you put it on map? Is it? Can you map it? Is it something that I can use as a tool? What? Yeah, I mean, each one of the cycles has maps it breaks down into. So what I've been doing the last week is formulating this weekly map that has the Mayan calendar telling you the which one of the 20 count it, it is. Which one of the? The 20 count. And the Mayan calendar and on the time translator are 20 Mayan symbols. Oh, 20, okay. And each one of those is like a different day or a different energy signature for a person. So it could be a yellow warrior day today. So this time translator, um, it would be like a three to six month course to really understand it and how to use it in your life? Or just, well, is it's, it that it, long? It's at the base of everything in the inflow matrix. So the first course is design your ideal job. So it's gonna be at the basis of it. Like everything I do is designed on the time translator. The software, the card sets, the game, everything. Everything fits in time. I guess what I'm asking, which I've already seen, is how is a time translator, time translator come off of this, like, um, what is it, nine different time cycles that yeah. you put on a big round thing that looks like a big giant clock? Yeah. How does, how does that translate onto a road map that I'm going to use to, to figure out the path of my business, for example? Well, you, you, if you had, let's say... You can put your astrological chart on the outside, the lifetime. Okay. So that's the first. The bigger thing is your, is your natal chart, your birth chart, and then your yeah. transits that are happening. Okay. So you can actually put those on the time translator okay. and put your chart on just to see. And then you can put where the planets are now and put where your natal charts are. And you can start to see the cycles, right? Okay. That yeah. You, that, I mean, that, that can help me follow <coughs> along with the cycles. Because you were earlier saying that people aren't following their astrological cycles. That's right. So this would be a tool first to be able to follow them. Okay. So but you it, have like, to, it has to be connected into knowing the astrology that's happening right now all the time. Is that yeah. going to be part of your software? Well, I mean, you can go to astro.com. And oh. I mean, if you put it on there, like Neptune, Pluto... Uranus, Saturn, they all move very slowly. Yeah. So, right. I mean, you're tracking the moon generally. Right. Like, if every day you just look where the position of the moon, then you'd sort of see the moon going around. If you look at Mercury, which has a three-month cycle, you'd see where Mercury is happening. So, you start to see 
if you, if you were actually that disciplined, oh. you'd start to see, okay, well, this, this is where the planets are. And I think that, you know, our species is going through larger cycles together. Like when Neptune and Uranus, let's say, are conjunct. Or, yeah, no, that's true. Um, and we may not even know about them. Oh. So to track astrological cycles is, is, a, is a skill. But that, okay. That's so, not... so, so visually, that's, one, that's just on, on the lifetime cycle. If you go next, the next wheel is 13 moons. And you could have a, a goal for each moon. You could, you could have, essentially, if you had a goal of four podcasts per moon, and so you, you place these cards on your time translator saying, you know, that's my goal. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting because I think different people could use it differently because I know people who do follow the moon cycles, mm. they do their planning or their sort of projection or goal setting on the new moon, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they look for it to be fulfilled or mm-hmm. something in the, at, the ne- at the full moon, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and so if you look at the third one, which is one lunar cycle, which on the time translator is four sevens or 28 days, we're looking at a repeating cycle of moving from the private private or personal space to one-on-one space to community space to group space so there's this cycle of every week having a primary distinction of the space so if you want to bring together a community of people mm-hmm. you need to have the same reference point in time for them to agree to meet. So let's yeah. say there's a community space week and yeah. everyone aims at coming together right. for that time. Right. And let's say you have a group space week and all the teams aim at coming together for that time. Yes. And then you have your personal space where you don't meet with anyone. It's just your time to be alone. Imagine you having a week where you didn't have to interact with anybody. You did your own personal creativity oh, and you could focus. That. Yeah, that'd be great. So everyone who's using the system has a personal space at the same time. So you're not like, mm. it's, it's giving everyone that time to go be by themselves. And I think if you're a creative person, you need that. And if you don't get it, you, you're, you're going to get drained. So it's a way for a, a, a large number of people to come together and agree upon a, a, a new cycle of living, yes. new system for the cycle of living, basically. Yes. yes. Okay. That's, that's great. I finally understand that. But the question I asked before was, how does a time translator that's a big circle and has all this stuff in it, these different circles, how does that um, correlate to a map that you put on that's like an actual, that looks like an actual map that you follow one thing after another? Well, I mean, that would be a process map. And to me, if you're at the, but it, it, it's it's like all your maps have that. Yes. That's the question I'm asking. Well, I mean, let's say you go to the hour, the hour cycle, and, and I have a breakdown of, of how you can break down an hour into twelve five minute parts and really design with the conversation type cards the movement of the conversation types that you want to take people through. I'm going to use that for my interview process. Yes. Yeah. So we've gone from the lifetime to the year from the lunar cycle straight to the hour, which is, if you look at most people who work, they work by the hour. Mm-hmm. You are assessed by what you do in that hour. Mm-hmm. You have a very high value 
product you do in your hour and people pay you a lot of money to participate. If I'm doing coaching online, it's usually by the hour and people pay me to participate. So I have to create high value. This morning with Lori Renton, we did a score sheet in one hour. We figured out for her, her five most important things in, five, in the five communication spaces in one hour. And that's a massively, highly valuable thing to do. So I took her through that process because mm-hmm. I'm a facilitator and this mm-hmm. is what, what I do. Mm-hmm. And so as opposed to just hanging out in I'd like room, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like you to take me through that. And because the score sheet, like the idea then is, is looking at your most valuable things that you do, taking track of them and monitoring these activities towards getting your goals met. Because if you, if you want to create your podcast and you want to create, let's say, twice a week or once a week, you've got to do 52 or 100 podcasts. And if you just check one off. You know, every time you do a podcast, you check it off and, and you give yourself points and not just like, let's say 50, let's say you give yourself a thousand points for a podcast, but then you're, you want to create a habit of drinking water every day. And so every time you drink water, you give yourself 20 points. You're showing the difference in terms of value. And so my goal could be that I want to have 10,000 points every month. Exactly. So, okay. And then I assign different values to those. That's, a, that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. I mean, that would be a great way of, of a great system to use in raising your kids. Mm. Um, because most, most people, I think, deep down, they live unbalanced lives because they don't have an ideal that they're comparing their regular life with to aim at. So they sort of take what they get. So if, if at some point I go, I want to spend 10 hours a week with my family, and I start tracking the amount of hours I spend with my family, and each week it's two hours or three hours or zero hours. If I do that five or six weeks in a row, at some point, I'm, I'm either going to change the behavior or change my, my goal because it's just not realistic. I think by um, doing this process, you can um, acknowledge the fragmentation of your thinking and bring yourself back to being whole mm. because basically by tracking how much time you do something you start to see where you, you know you assumed or you believed something to be true but then when you track it you find something else completely different is true exactly. and so the idea of actually being realistic is to me a process of integration of the self. Well, it's, it's like with me, I see when I'm in my personal space for a long period of time, I start to get into a very high creative output where I'm, I, I can't do it if I'm spending a lot of time with other people. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start socializing and working in groups, even if I'm trying to work with them, my outputs become, in my opinion, very low. Oh. And then I see my shadow elements or the fragments of me that aren't productive happen in group space. So in these different spaces, the difference between the personal space and the group space, I notice that my productivity kind of like cat is, is like maybe 90% by myself and goes to 10%. Unless let's say I'm facilitating the group or teaching the group or I feel I'm doing something with that group. But if, if I go into the one-on-one space with somebody, it's like this. I've learned 
to be able to, to create a high value, let's say podcast or video or interview or something. But there's a, there's a, I may not, let's say sit by the fire and hang out and have a tea with you. I may not like, there's a, the difference between the business field and the intimate field, the, the difference between the friendship field and the business field. It, it's, it's like there's a, you can see your patterns when you start to have these maps and templates and then you can see how you spend your time and then you could compare that with your ideal way of spending time because if you want to break your pattern if you want to change your life if you want to transform you fundamentally have to transform how you think about yourself and how you use your time hmm. it's like you you want to change your career so right now you're in the in the basis of changing how you use your time yes. and you're and what i'm watching is you're becoming a lot more productive you're becoming a lot more disciplined and you're aiming at creating a platform that then becomes easier for you. You're doing the difficult things now to set it up so it can become easy. Where you just do a podcast and you do it easy. Everything's set up. Distribution. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm on a learning curve. Mm. Mm-hmm. For and, sure. And so to me, that that's a high value of your time. To learn mm-hmm. something new mm-hmm. and to go into another field. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, there's hundreds of millions of people that are in that same situation. And you're jumping the gun because everyone is going to be working for themselves online or trying to. No, the... I'm not jumping the gun. I feel like I'm behind the curve. Well, well, you are, but I'm just saying there's a lot more people out there who haven't figured out how to make well, money Well, they have online. a lot of resistance around it. There's a lot yeah. of resistance around figuring out how to work online for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a lot of food for thought. Okay, I guess we'll, we'll probably come to the end of this. You look like you're about to explode. No, I'm not about to explode. I um, I want to get Teal Swan on my. I want to get. I want to interview her. If you can get her, that that's massive. And I, I want her to talk about I the love, uh, integration Swan. of sex and spirit and spirituality. Wow. I think that'd be awesome. I, and I think if you can and if Teal, if you're listening to this right now, call me. <laughs> As if. She will. She will. Okay, thank you for listening. This is the New Paradigm Toolkit. My name is Chinoa. And this is Elijah Ignatieff. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.